Uh, James chapter 2, if you'll go there, and I want to take the time during the book of James, we're going to go verse by verse, phrase by phrase, and a lot of times um, you can look at uh, the uh, expositional uh, teaching, and that's what this kind of teaching is called. Uh, There's always a hot topic between topical and exegeting the scriptures, Uh, but I will tell you this, whenever you dive into the scriptures, just know this. You're always coming up with the topic. Um, you're not getting into the scripture. It, it's God's word was never meant for us to know information. Uh, God's word was meant for us to be inspired. That's why you add to your faith knowledge, and then you add to your knowledge, and then it gives you one of those is virtue. Everything in God's word should make us come out more virtuous, if you will. In James chapter two. It probably, to some degree, is, is a misunderstanding of faith and works. So you, as a believer, that you believe you get to heaven by faith alone. Those who believe that your works qualify your faith. Okay, so let's think about this. That your works qualify your faith. Now, let me answer it this way. That's true but your works don't qualify your faith to God. God needs no other proof of your sincerity about salvation other than faith. That's it. And the place that people get themselves in trouble when they take the book of James and they go James chapter 2, ah, faith without works is dead. I believe that's down there around verse 17. Yes, even so faith... If it hath not works, is dead being alone. And there are people that want to qualify the sincerity and the validity of your salvation. It's been the age-old problem, and that is because people don't understand that the book of James is not written. Look at the very first two words in James chapter 2, verse 1. My brethren, it's not written to lost people. It's written to save people. So this book not only tells us how to get saved, but it tells us how to live out that salvation. So understand that, yes, if you have no works as a saved person, then those works are not to be justified in God's sight. So, so as we read there, keep that thought in mind. And then let's read, because we're, tonight we're going to study verse 2, 3, and 4. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Now, we talked about that two weeks, last week, two weeks ago, I think it was. So when we talked about that, understand, I'll give you a synopsis here, cliff notes, that if you're going to name the name of Christ, and if you're going to wear the Jesus t-shirt and the fish on the back of your car, and there is a partiality to people, that this is not God. So please don't drag Christ's name into partiality and respect of people. And that's not what this is about. So now we go to verse number two. For if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing. Now, gay there does not mean a sodomite. It just means, and we'll get to it and we'll understand it, um, but that it just means bright apparel. It means... um, decked out to the nines, if you will. All right, you got it? Uh, with, with, um, with, with a gold ring, and, and uh, I am so sorry. 
Verse 3, and he gave respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and saying to him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? Look at verse 6, because there's two laws here, and let's see if you can pick them out, and uh, here it is. But ye have despised the poor, verse 6, do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law. So here's the first law mentioned in this chapter. It is the royal law according to the scriptures. You'll hear this over and over as we go through this chapter. What is the royal law? Very good. Biscuit got it. Because look at the very next phrase. The royal law is, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law. So now we come down to this chapter is very simple to understand. This chapter is either trying to get us to keep the royal law or the whole law. So, so here's a question. Is it possible as a human being to keep the whole law? No. Where's the proof of that? It's right here in the Scriptures. Because look at it. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in how many points? One point. He is guilty of what? all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the what? Law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of what? So now we find the third law in this chapter. There is the royal law, which is what? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is the whole law, that if you offend one, you offend in all. And then if you'll notice here, there is the law of liberty. So you're judged by this liberty, for he shall have judgment without mercy, that he showed no mercy, and mercy rejoices against judgment. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give to them not the things which they are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Now he says, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Dead to who? God? No. Dead to your neighbor. Because if you'll back up, and this is so liberating, okay? Because once we understand that we are operating under the royal... So why are we doing good works? Why is it very important that you not keep your salvation in earth and vessel, but that you be that kind of neighbor, you be that kind of patron at a restaurant, you be that kind... I took Kelly on a date last night, and, and when we were coming out of the restaurant, the dear lady, there, there was a line backed up, and, and, and Kelly went to the front of the line, and the lady said, I don't know why that line's there. 
Come to find out, it was a party of like 18. And so she came back, got us, took us to the head of the line, took us to an empty thing, threw us in there, and told our servers. There, it, so I'm on my way out, and, and i getting in the truck, and I said, ma'am, ma'am, thank you very much. Thank you for doing that for us. And I just want to give you one of my cards. That's my number right there. Is there anything I can do for you? Understand that I didn't need to do that for Christ to believe that I was saved. I did that so that lady would see my good works. That's the royal law. Now, all this is being done because if you go back to, to, to verse number 14, for what doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? The answer to that question is yes, faith can save him alone when you're talking about salvation to Jesus Christ. But faith alone does this world no good. So now let's take the individual's faith and let's kind of go back to our verses tonight. So it talks about this in verse 2. For if there come into your what, please? Assembly. So now we have to understand that there is a reason why churches may start in a house and it may start in a living room, but it can't stay there. It has to have a house. The house of God is as old as the Old Testament. And the house of God has always been a place where God's people gather. Here's why. Because you would be partial about your house. God knows how much, can I use the term bigoted? Prejudice? And I'm not talking about skin color right now. I'm talking about take your shoes off. Uh, don't, 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 don't put that drink on that table. You need a coaster. How many know what I'm talking about? How many are, are a little bit OCD about your house? Okay. How many have been in houses where they don't care, tramp through the mud, come walking through, and just do whatever you want to do? How, how many, that's not your style. And, uh, okay. And uh, how many are just very... <laughs> I, 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 about a month ago, I walked in, there's this sign, take your shoes off. My first thought was, am I wearing socks with holes right now? Or I'm wearing, are these the good socks or were these the, it's five o'clock in the morning, I grab the socks. What, what, what's, what's, what's going on? And when you're a guest in a house, but you can tell when your host or your hostess is like, can, can, can you put a coaster under that? Um, the brighter and the wider your furniture is, the more you no, 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 that food stays in here. Uh, no, 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 no. You can tell where they don't want you to sit is when it's roped off half the house and you just have to go to that corner and you're going to sit down right there at that card table and you're like, you get plastic plates, plastic silverware, a plastic cup, and all the good china's off limits. And, uh, and they know they think you're a slob when they give you 15 napkins stacked up here and it's like, okay, you okay? So understand, that's why God knew that we would need to meet someplace with the owner that's okay. That's why he said, for if they're coming to your assembly. So every time a person walks through those back doors in a church, every time somebody walks through those back doors, 
our Christianity is being put to the test. Are you all with me? Our heart is being revealed, and our motives are being exposed. I'm going to say that again. Every time you get out of your car and you are angling to the front door and you look over and you're like, hurry, honey, get to that door. Hurry, honey, get in there. Get in there, honey, because we don't. When you come to this house and you walk through those doors, your Christianity, my Christianity, your heart, my heart, your motives, my motives are being totally exposed. Now, let me just say this, and we're going to look at James chapter 2, verse 2. We're going to look at verse, verse 2 is the comparison, verse 3 is the conversation, and then verse number 4 is the contribution. Okay? So we're going to look at the three because it's a mindset. Now, there are members of Emmanuel Baptist that they don't like. They don't like to sit next to some people. They judge the section they sit in by who's sitting in that section. They judge where they park their car by who parked in that section. Now, you would not think so. It's true in a church, but it is. It is true because everybody comes to this assembly, but the mindset of a church, and this is what James was trying to get across. He said, listen, if somebody comes to your assembly, so let's look at it, come into your assembly, a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel. So now you have this guy that, so get in your mind somebody who walks through the back and that gold ring uh, is indicative of rank or property. So, so in the Philippines, um, I was preaching there years ago and, um, and brother, um, Lorena, uh, preaching there in Manila. Well, as you're standing on the platform, these, these, Vehicles pull up, and it's out in the street right there to the compound. That's from Brother Fernand. God, remember, Nicole, God blessed their... Mm. Six weeks later, he gets up and tells me what I ate the last night was dog. I'm just going to tell the story because he's in heaven right now. You know this to be true, Brother Fernand. So we're walking down. You know, we walk up to get something, and there's a dog. There's a dog tied up. Brother Hicks, a dog tied up over here. Nice dog. Beautiful dog. Good dog. The last day we went, that dog's not there. Well, I didn't think anything about it. And so we sat down, and they gave us stuff to eat. And, and Brother Fernand was like, like, Pastor, you, this, this is an honor. This is an honor for you. I, was, well, I ate this. It was on a skewer. So I ate that skewer. I mean, this is good. What? What? Man, it's tasty. It's good. Brother Perry, no, 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 no. Like a corn on the cob, man. And I'm like, that's great. Was it six weeks went by? I mean, it was, it was like, and Brother Fernand was praying in, in, in that broken Filipino English accent. He said, I just would like to tell the church that that which pastor ate was dog. At that moment, it dawned on me. That's why that dog was missing, tied up. They domesticate their dogs to eat. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. So understand, I have no idea where that was going. So, so, so yeah, I do. So, so on the side, so when you stand up, th- that front row was full of, remember those military people sitting on that front row? And it was like, oh, oh, like we're talking generals and colonels and it's like, and their wives. And it's like, oh, my soul. 
And then there was a, a jeepney, is that what they call those things? With about 50 people hanging off that thing, and it's like swaying from side to side, and then they get off, come bounding in, you know, and just come. And, and I was getting a kick out of it, because here they come bounding in, this street urchin, and I don't, and that's very respectful, that's what they're, the street urchin comes bound out and just bounds on top of them, just, just sits right there at the end of all these dignitaries. And these dignitaries, they acknowledged, and then they just went back. So, if somebody comes into this assembly, your heart and my heart is getting ready to be revealed, and our church's heart is getting ready to be revealed. Because it says here, if a man with gold ring, goodly apparel, and that goodly apparel means that this is a, a bright, clear, obviously they have not walked in dirt. That's what that means. Um, that's why... You know, there are some seasons in East Texas you don't wear a white suit. Um, you know, only Brother Queen can get away with a white suit because he looks like Colonel Sanders. Amen? Um, so, so, but, but what it means is, is when they walk through, it's obvious. They, they, they don't get dirty. They don't get dirty. And, and, and there's this ability. So it's a man with a gold ring, goodly apparel. So now the comparison. And, and look what it says there in verse 2. And there come in also a what? Poor man in vile arraignment. Every day we live, we're always comparing. You and I both know, and let's just cut through the, the religious facade. You and I both know that there are some people we would open the door for at our house, and there are some people we would not open the door. Based on what? Based on the kind of car they pulled up in? Boy, whenever you start talking about this kind of stuff, you're like, not me, pastor. I open my door to everybody. Liar. And uh, based on how they're dressed, based on the part in their hair, based on appearance. And rightfully so. That's your house. You don't know if they're a threat. But in this assembly... You know what James was trying to tell them? When it comes to the assembly that Christ died for, and we start looking at who comes in in the goodly raiment and then who comes in the vile raiment, we cannot start comparing. That's why God bless Miss Maxwell. I'm, 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 man, when she was out from being in jail for six months, I, we just didn't know what... We- <laughs> When she was absent because she had some health issues, poor Brother Max was trying to hunker down there and coach Miss Hollins. You know, everybody's trying to do their best. It wasn't the same without Miss Maxwell. Brother Miss Robinson were doing a good job, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Miss Maxwell brings to the table, she don't care who comes to that information table. She don't care. Here's Barbara Maxwell. I'm so glad to see you. I love you. And it's like, Mrs. Mrs. Maxwell, you're married. Stop hugging all the men who walk through this door, okay? And she, my right, you are the perfect lady to do that. And I'll tell you why, because she, she came to a place in her Christian life to where she realized this is God's house. And if somebody comes through that door in goodly apparel with a gold ring, and they look like they, they were born in the nursery. Ah, I'm so happy. 
happy to see you. And if somebody comes through in vile raiment, and, and the vile raiment there is, is very interesting. It's cheap, shabby, having been. I found this very interesting in, 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 in when you went into the Greek and you, and you, and you just kind of looked at it. It means cheap or shabby, having been worn with moral wickedness. Vile. I have seen, and I'm going to brag on our greeters, I have seen our greeters when somebody, I don't even know where they came from. They still were like, we are so glad that you're here. Y'all, when a church adopts this mindset from James, question whether we're happy they are here or we're happy they're not here, does that have any bearing on our salvation with Jesus Christ? No, but it has a lot to do with our bearing on this world, seeing that that church right there fulfills the royal law. The royal law. We need to continue to bolster a reputation that we are not about the whole law, we are about the royal law. And that when we come to this house, this house, we do not adopt the attitude of, well, if you've offended this, you probably are doing this. You see, that's the whole law. You see, at the house, if you'll steal from me, you probably will murder me. That's where my mind goes. Your mind goes there, my mind goes there. But not here. You see, the whole law is this. Nobody keeps it all. And, and my daddy used to tell me, boy, you know what bad sin is? It's the sin you're not committing. And that's why a church, and I'm trying to help our church, and I think James chapter 2 holds the key for you. So, so if, 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 <laughs> if you're like, we've been changing codes at the house, right? I'm giving everybody the code. I am like, that's the code to that, and that's the code to that. And, and Kelly's like, would you stop giving the code to our house to everybody? I'm like, babe, just give the code. <laughs> she goes, so she's at the front door changing the code, and I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, you have given that code to, like, you don't even know these people. So I'm laughing because I'm like, I trust everybody. These people aren't going to hurt me. And she's like, no, 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 no. Now, that's fine for my house. But, y'all, this is the house of God. So the how do you fulfill the royal law and get somebody to come with you to Christianity? The house of God. The house of God. And everybody needs to be able to go, man, I am so happy to meet you. Gold apparel. Great raiment, goodly apparel, gold ring. I would love for you to come to church with me. Vile raiment, I would love for you to come to church with me. Middle class, I would love for you to come to church with me. Because if you keep going, so now there's the comparison. I think the church needs to ask themselves, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and let's see this in action with, with another subject, okay? 1 Corinthians 14, and look at verse 23, and... Um, Boy, we're not going to get through these verses. Look at verse 23. 
So we have this assembly. Well, there's another time in the Word that it talks about somebody coming into church. Look at 1 Corinthians 14.23. It says this, If therefore the whole church be come together into one place and all speak with tongues, now this is talking about tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned and unbelievers, will they not say that ye are mad? But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is, what please, convinced of how many? All. He is what? Judged of all. So what it means is, is that if somebody comes in and everybody's speaking a different tongue, when our dear brother Johnson started speaking in Portuguese, okay, I thought it was funny. I didn't know what he was saying. Anyway, he started speaking. But if somebody got up here and they just started speaking in different tongues, every, everybody would go, what is going on here? Because everybody has to be doing the same thing. Because if we're not doing the same thing, then it says right here um, that, uh, look at the very, will they not say that ye are what? Mad. Go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 13. Let's trace this a little bit further back. Acts chapter 2 and verse 13. So it now is, is, is talking about tongues. So, so we're going we're gonna to trace it on this level, and I'm going to bring it back to why we can't compare, because if somebody comes into our assembly, so if somebody comes to our church, and by the way, we don't believe, we believe that tongues have ceased, um, and uh, why would somebody want to control two tongues? Um, I only have one, amen? Uh, but if you'll look at Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2 and look at verse 13, and, and, and look what... Uh, Others, so, so the, the Cretes and the Arabians, verse 11, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, what meaneth this? Others, what please? Mocking, said, these men are full of what? New wine. You see, when we hand somebody a confusion, so now let's go back to James chapter 2. So if somebody, can we just put this in real time? If somebody comes to our assembly and they come to this side of the auditorium and somebody's like, oh, oh, come on, come on, we got to move, we got to move, we got to move. And it's like, really? So they get up and they go to this side of the auditorium and somebody says, yeah, come sit with us. They're going to sit here and go, so half the church, what, what, right? If I've heard once, and as a pastor, the feedback, if I've heard once, I have heard a thousand times, pastor, pastor, when I walked into Emmanuel, I, everybody talked to me. I, everybody talked to me. I'm, I'm going to tell on, what, what's the, what's the, which Flynn girl is that that came up? Oh, Nella? Anella. So the Perrys are here visiting. Anella Flynn is the quietest teenager we have. Y'all ever talk to her? She won't talk back. Anella, this, this, this teenage girl, junior high girl, she doesn't talk. So one day before they join, they're sitting down here in the front row, and Anella just comes, stands in that pew right there, and she just stands. And Celeste, and then all of a sudden, she introduced herself. Her mom's like, this doesn't, what is, what is going on? You see, even it's trickling down to our kids. 
And the beautiful thing about it is, is we have to keep it going to where our kids understand that whoever walks through these back doors, this isn't your house, this isn't my house, this is the house of God. And if they come in in goodly raiment or they come in vile raiment, we want to make sure when they come in that there's no comparison because this will hurt our church. So if you would, go back to James and look at verse number three. So now the conversation, because by the way, how you're, con- how you're comparing them in your heart will, will dictate how you treat them. This book is very clear because he said this, it's not the love of God when there's a respect of persons. And if somebody comes into your assembly, and, and the Bible, in, in, in verse number verse number two, man, I love studying the word. For if they're coming to your assembly, a man with gold apparel and good apparel, and they're coming, look at that word also. That word also simply means they're convening at the same time. Like, like it's not a, this man comes in, and then, then the book says, when that word also right there simply means that, that good man Vile man. Let me back up. That was the wrong way to put it. Good raiment, vile raiment. Goodly apparel, wicked apparel, moral, bent, clean, rubbish, shabby. At that moment, moment when you see both of them, our Christianity is put to the test. Our motives are exposed. Because look what it says in verse number three. And if you have respect unto, unto him that weareth the gay clothing, same word for goodly, and say unto him, here's the conversation, sit thou here in a good place. What that's saying, and I have five minutes left on the clock, what that's saying is this, oh, we don't even know you. But you know what we would love to do? We would love to put you on the deacon board and we would love to make you a permanent fixture in our church because you look good and your apparel is, whoa, whoa, look at that gold ring. And that good place simply means, let me give you a permanent seat that's yours. And when you start looking at this, it, it, it means I now will have regard. I now won't rock the boat because you got a gold ring and white apparel and and when you're out and about and you tell somebody where you go to church at i go to emmanuel baptist church that's wonderful because they'll think we're this is the kind of church that everybody how many would agree with this you know of churches that are nothing more than social clubs. How does that happen? Because we forget we're not living under the whole law. We're living under the royal law. And there needs to be a place that you can fulfill the royal law that is not damaged. I love it when people say, I'm leaving this church because, and then they bring up the shabby people. And I just start laughing because I'm like, yeah, I I think God's leading you someplace else. So, Pastor, you see it, don't you? I do. I do. But what they're thinking is, is that I see how the church is just a stain. You know how I see it? I don't need anybody pulling against our church. 
we're fulfilling the royal law. Are y'all with me? Man, I love the book. We're fulfilling the royal law. And the royal law says when two people walk through that back door that I don't give him more credence because he dresses better and I don't give him less credence because his clothes are shabby. That has nothing to do. That has nothing to do. So, so now as we walk through here, look at verse number two. So this poor, poor, and, and if you would, go to verse number three. Well, we're still in verse number two. So sit thou here, okay, but what do they say to the poor? Sit or stand here, and would you look, sit thou here, stand thou here, or sit here under my, under my what? Um, if, if you'll just stand right there, sit right there, until I need you as a poster child for our outreach, so that they, you can be a photo op that, that, that we can look good because once every five years we feed the poor at Thanksgiving. That's literally what it means. Can we put you in the closet so we can bring out a token poor person? Boy, it's getting quiet. Not because you don't believe this, because you know it's true. Let me take pictures of black people in Africa so we can have a missions program. Brother Lawrence, and you were on the field. How many times did an American church come over just to take a photo op to go back? We got missions. Missions. Give us your money for missions. And then they take out a shipping and handling fee. This is what this means. And this is why, let, let me ask this question very boldly, very lovingly. If the church's royal law rested on you, the individual, and everybody was like you, what kind of church would we have? Because whoever you are in the pew and in the hallway, that whatever the comparison is in your heart will be the conversation you have. If it doesn't come out your lips, it'll come out your spirit. It'll come out your spirit. I received an email and uh, called the lady. She had left her number at the desk. I said, ma'am, ma'am, you said in your email that, um, and I referenced it the other night, you said in your email that you were snobbed. I said, ma'am, where were you sitting? She told me where she was sitting. I said, ma'am, who were you around? She told me who she was around. I said, ma'am, are you sure? Because that lady is a hugger. You know, every church got a hugger, Barbara Maxwell. And I'm going to tell you right now, and every church has got the cacular, the mother hens. Every church has got the people that are like, sister. Listen, so understand that that we cannot, we, we, we cannot use society's poor as a token of our love once a year. It has to be an ongoing thing. So, so then we come to verse number four, and, 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 and then we're, we're going to kind of end with verse number four. So, so we've said, for if they're coming to your assembly, a man with a gold ring, goodly apparel, there come also a poor man in vile 
uh, raiment, and ye have respect to him, wear gay clothing, and say, sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, sit thou here. So what it's saying is you use one as a permanent fixture because this is what we want our church to be, and then we're going to shove everybody else into a side room because they really don't measure up. You can't do this. But Because look in verse number 4, and we're done. Are ye not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? So the church will always have individual snobs. Okay? The church will always have individual snobs. Please listen to your pastor. But don't be a snob to the snobs. Because what is the difference in treating a snob with snobbery and then treating the poor and the vile differently? So what happens is, it's like, see, see, do you know if you'd get your heart right with God and stop being a snob like that, we'd have more people come. No, no, we'd have more people stay if you wouldn't address somebody about their snobbery by being snobbery. So you, we can't judge. So, so this is somebody that they become the referee. And then would you look at the very last phrase and here in James? So this is all about how do you get a church Look at the very last phrase, and are become judges of what? Evil thoughts. The evil thoughts right there, and you've been so kind and they're getting settled. The evil thoughts is this, is this. Because it's all one continuous sentence right here, the verses we just read. Oh, rich man, poor man, rich man, poor man, judge, referee, blow the whistle. He can help me, he can't. He'll pay the bills, he ain't got no money. What it means is you've already come to a conclusion as a judge. Evil is premeditated. Sin is reactionary. That's why the Lord's Prayer, he said, and deliver us from sin or deliver us from evil? Evil. God, help me not to become a plotter and a planner to do wrong. That's what, that's why he said, in fact, the Lord's prayer, he said, um, in John 17, I think it is, that he said, Lord, Lord, keep them from the evil. What he was saying was they're never going to overcome the flesh, but please don't let them become the planner to do evil. And that's why evil is a premeditated plan to get away with. And we can't be the church that when somebody walks to the back, oh, 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 look at him. I bet they sing. I bet they have money. I bet they have, oh, I want to get to know them. They don't have anything. They don't got nothing. Have you ever heard that the Bible says, entertain strangers unawares because you just never know? Again, if it's your house, lock the doors. Don't give out the code to everything. Don't open the doors to everybody, but, but don't take your house and bring it into this assembly. I can't take my house and bring it into this assembly. And you're like, Pastor, how do I love thy neighbor as thyself? James was trying to tell everybody, fulfill the royal law by bringing them to the house, the assembly, and don't judge them when you see them together. This coming Sunday, this coming Sunday, one of my guests is going to be here with me. And I am so excited that they're going to be able to come. The first thing they said to me was this, Pastor, I know you like me, but will the church like me? 
And I'm like, yes, the church will love you. The pastor, I, I, no, 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 don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. We're going to be okay. I'm not asking you to become a used car salesman and smile at everybody. Ah, I'm not asking for that. <laughs> Just take these verses and think about them.